Just recently, I had the honor of listening to my daughter, Cynthia, uh, preach up in Eden Prairie. Uh, She did a fantastic job. She spoke about Abraham and hearing the voice of God. And I began to, well, first I thought I would just preach her sermon, but she might be listening. Uh, But I began to think about that, though, that not only do we hear the voice of God, but what do we do once we hear the voice of God? You know, how are we certain? How are we certain of his voice? But then once we are certain, what do we do with it? Where do we go from there? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. First, I want to give you a little background about Abraham. He came from a, um, a family that was not, um, they weren't people of Israel. They were idol worshipers. Uh, matter of fact, Joshua 24 says this about Abraham's father. It says, Joshua 24, verse 2, Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him through Canaan and gave him many descendants. So Abraham is coming from a history of idol worshipers. And they, they, they move and they settle in the land of Haran. And that's where Terah, the father of Abraham, died. But God began to call Abraham, began to speak to him even before they moved. In the book of Acts chapter 7, Stephen is explaining this. And he says this, the high priest asked Stephen, are, you, are these charges true? To this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The glory, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia. Before he lived in Haran, leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. And after the death of his father, God sent him to the land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here. Not even enough ground to set his foot on, but God promised him that he would and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at the time Abraham had no children. Abraham's father dies, and then Abraham decides to leave the land of Canaan. And he left into this great unknown. He left not knowing, not having any backup plan. He just left. And when God calls you, when God speaks to you, we must obey and trust him. And we must believe that what he is asking of us, what he is wanting from us, is his plan. And if you choose not to settle your life, and if you choose not to settle in life, but be bold enough to go beyond what you know, we used to say to get out of our comfort zone, and to obey the voice of God... He will call you into things that you don't understand. But at the end of the journey, there is a blessing for you if you obey and trust. He never wants us to settle and stay in life where we are. You see, we can settle in our relationship with God. We can be satisfied with our knowledge of Him. We can be complacent with with what we know and ignore the leading of the Holy Spirit. You could even settle in your relationship with God even while you're doing good things for him. Look at the church of Ephesus in Revelations chapter 2. Jesus says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you you have been tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. 
You have persevered and you have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you, for you have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. They were doing good things. They were keeping busy, but they fell out of the relationship that they had. They became complacent. They settled and they lost the love that they once had for the Lord. We can settle in the routine of life, not having direction or passion for the things of God affects the way we live our life. We start to complain about what we don't have. We start to grumble and complain, wishing we had other things. Look what Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands for the spirit of God gave us does not get make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline we don't have to just settle we need to fan in the flame the gift of God we need to continue to keep that passion and that excitement and how do we keep passion how do we keep excitement how do we keep from settling i believe it's by listening to god's voice by hearing his voice and then obeying and trusting him it's exciting when god speaks to you and and you don't know what it means but you believe and you know in your heart that it is god and he is speaking to you by the holy spirit and you just know it and you believe it and you look forward to the day when that promise comes true. This is where Abraham is. Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. This is so cool because right now God is separating Abraham from the past, separating him from his father's household, a household that worshipped idols, a household that was not singularly focused on the God that was talking to Abram. He says, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. If you're going to obey and trust the Lord, if you're going to obey and trust the Lord, you must listen to his instructions. You must listen to his instructions. The Lord told Abraham to go from your country. Abraham didn't even know where he was supposed to go in the land of Canaan. It's a large area. But it wasn't until he actually got there that the Lord showed him the land he was supposed to possess. In verse 6 of chapter 12, it says in Genesis, Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offsprings, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Sometimes we just have to take that step of faith and believe that God knows what he's doing. We have to take that step of faith and believe that God is leading us and speaking to us. But we must first listen clearly to what he is asking of us. Many times when we're traveling in the car, my wife and I were going to kids games or, or traveling, just the two of us. And, 
And, you know, we have the moments of silence, not because we're arguing or anything. It's just we're listening to the radio or we're thinking about different things or she may be reading her Bible. I may be praying. And, um, and you know, and so there's times where it's just silence. But even in the midst of silence, the car is pretty loud. Uh, you know, you got the, the, the noise from the tires on the road. And, and if it's raining, you know, you got the splashing of water. So, so it's not actually that quiet in a car. And, uh, but my wife has a habit of speaking to me and she will say, yeah, that's, that's, that's a bad habit, isn't it? No, it's a great habit. But she would turn to me and she'll say, hey, you know, what do you want for dinner? But she says it in such a soft voice that I say, what was that? Now, I used to work before I came over to Minnesota. I used to work at GM and, um, and you know, and every day you would go in there, you would always have to wear hearing protection. And, um, and so you would walk in and earplugs was just a, a way of life. Safety glasses were just a way of life. And people would, would talk to you. And what you would do is you would say, what was that? And you would lean closer because you couldn't hear what they said. And then they would say it even louder directly at your ear. Hey, you know, your boss wants you to go and do this today. Oh, okay. Okay, great. And you would go away. Well, my wife never worked at GM. So she doesn't know the rules. So when she would ask me, hey, what do you want for dinner? I would say, what was that? And then she would turn her head. I'm not joking. She turns her head to the opposite of me, to the window, looking out her window. And then she will repeat what she said even quieter. I, I, what? And then she, you know, then she gets an attitude with me. Forget it. You don't want me to cook for you tonight? I won't. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, please. Uh, it, it doesn't always end up in an argument, but, but I always tell her, you know, you got to speak to me. You got to speak directly to me. I believe that God wants to speak directly to each one of us. He is not in the business of hiding himself. And when he speaks, you must clearly listen to what he is saying. You must listen. He told Abram to go, to leave this place, to a land I will show you. And Abraham left with that voice in his mind, in his head, and that says, I'm going to follow the Lord. God wants us to depend on him, to listen to his instructions, but we must be willing to obey and trust him and to listen to what he is saying. And once we clearly know that it is God speaking to us, we must also then, if we want to obey and trust, not only do we listen to what he is saying, but we follow his leadership. We follow his leadership. The Lord told Abraham, go to the land I will show you. Go to the land I will show you. God is asking Abraham to trust where he is leading him. That I'm going to put you in the position of where you will inherit your land. I will guide you every step of the way. You know, God is, is never asking us to do the impossible. He's only asking us to trust him. While he does the impossible, I think of the story of Moses. You know, God told Moses, hey, I want you to take the people out for three days and worship me, you know, and take everybody. But but Pharaoh's not going to let you do it. So so we're going to, you know, we're going to convince him that, it, that he's going to let my people go. And, and so Abraham goes and says, hey, 
hey, Pharaoh, listen, I want to take the, the, the people of Israel. We want to go worship. We're going to sacrifice. It's going to be great. Three days. Let us go do that. You know the story. Pharaoh refuses, and, and then all of a sudden the plagues break out, and finally they, they are free forever. Not just three days, but forever they are leaving their slavery. But what always gets me is when God came to Moses and says, hey, take the people out to the desert and worship me for three days. And then when that didn't work out, now I'm going to lead them forever. I'm just curious if Moses began to ask, okay, we're going to leave forever. We're going to get out of here. But, you know, we didn't plan for this. Well, I mean, we can plan for three days to have enough food and have enough water. But to take millions of people out of Egypt into the desert and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're out there and it's hot. We run out of water. We run out of food. What are we going to do? God never told him beyond just take the people and get out of here. You see, you must trust the leadership of God that he is going to speak to you, that he is going to, to uh, get, guide you in the right direction so that you can find your way and you can have a successful journey. God doesn't always give us the details, but he'll always give us just enough so that we can get started in the direction we must go. A few years ago, I had a chance to go to a graduation for Jasmine up at college, and, and uh, Lisa and James, they invited me to go out and celebrate with them, and you know, they, they, I'm not exactly sure what they said, but they said free food, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I'll be there. And uh, no, they invited me, and you know, we wanted to go out and celebrate, and, and uh, so we went to Outback Steakhouse, you know, one of my wife and I's favorite places to go, and it was delicious. Um, but we decided to go there and to drive separate um, because, you know, I was going to be returning and they were going to stay up with Jasmine for a little bit. And so, so I got my map out and I find the, the, the outback that they're talking about and I get there. And, um, but see, the thing is that I have a righteous, God-fearing phone because, see, my phone gave me the right directions James, he had a very bad, very sinful phone because that thing took him everywhere else except Outback Steakhouse. You know, when we, when we are willing to put our trust in a map application or we're willing to put it into a GPS, we're willing to put it into something that tells us what to go, we're trusting that. We're trusting the directions of, of the phone and we're trusting that it's going to get us there. And sometimes it takes us to wrong places and, and you know, and that's, I mean, that's understandable, but God is not like that. God clearly wants to lead us to the place we must go. God clearly wants us to get there. God is in the business of turn by turn directions because it requires faith. It requires this, this dependency of love, trusting that God is going to lead me to the place where he wants me to go. He's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to, to make us, you know, like little puppets and just kind of play with us. No, he wants us to enjoy the journey while he, he takes care of the details along the way. That's why Proverbs 3 tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't try to figure out what God is going to do, but in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Don't worry about the details. Trust in God's leadership. Trust that you have heard his voice, that you're listening to him. But now you're going to trust 
in his leadership and that he will get you there. And he may tell you, hey, I want you to go. And he doesn't explain where, doesn't explain when, doesn't explain how. He just tells you to go. It is your responsibility to go, to follow him. Not only do we listen to him, not only do we trust his leadership, but we must believe in his ability. We must believe in God's ability. The Lord told Abram, I will make you into a great nation. I, me, alone will make you into a great nation. There comes a point where we're simply going to have to trust in his ability to make it happen. We're going to have to trust in his ability that it's going to happen. Abraham didn't have any kids or biological um, uh, children that he could pass on to this blessing. He didn't have any way of making it happen. Not when he left, not when God told him to go. Isaac wasn't in the picture yet. Even Ishmael wasn't in the picture yet. And yet, he went. This is what I love when Paul looks back at this in Romans chapter 4. He says this, verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so your offspring will be. Listen to what he said. That in Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations. The act of becoming the father of many nations started with the simple belief that I have heard what God has said. I am going to follow his leadership, and I am going to believe in his ability to make it happen. <clears throat> so without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, and since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God. The problem that we face sometimes is that we waver and we start to play around with unbelief. We start to question. We start to doubt. And the voice that we heard so clearly and the leadership that has got us to this point so far, we begin to doubt and wonder if God is even able to make it happen. If he is even able. I want to tell you that you must come to the point where, like Abram where you are fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. That God has the power. He has the ability. He has the resources. He has the capacity to make it happen. You have to believe that. You have to listen to his instructions. You have to believe in his leadership. But along the way you're going to have to believe that he is able that he is able. God wants us to be people who trust in his ability. That's why without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith, it is possible to please him. With faith, it is possible to put a smile on your father's face that says, look at my son, look at my daughter. They choose to believe that I am able, that I am God. We must be convinced. We must not wander and waver. We must not play around with doubts. We must not believe those things. We must be fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Not halfway. Not halfway. 
not three quarters, not 90%, but we must be fully persuaded because if you allow 10%, 1% of doubt, it will grow and it will grow and it will grow and you will become doubt of, doubtful if God has the ability. There are many times in my, my prayer time, there are many times when I'm thinking about all of the things that God has promised. Thinking about all of the great things that God has promised me. And I look around and I, I see that it is so impossible. There are times when I sit there and I wonder, God, how is it even possible? And when I get to the lowest point in my thoughts... And I, and I feel a heaviness, an oppression, a, a depression that's upon me when it feels like all the world is falling down and nothing is going right. <clears throat> I have to ask myself, do I still believe that my God is able? I begin to ask myself, do I really believe that God has the ability to make it happen? Do I really believe that God has the ability to make it happen? And so I start to look at all of my problems, all my concerns, all the things that I need God to do, and I have to ask myself, can God do this? And I will start to reason with my mind because my mind is telling me it's not going to happen. But then I start to remember the story of a man named Abraham for 24 years had no evidence that he was going to have a son and yet he still believed God. I have to think about people like Noah who built a boat even though it never rained. I have to believe in people like Mary and the angel came to her and told her, you are going to have a son. And without any physical involvement from a husband, she became pregnant and gave birth to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Do I really believe that God has the ability to make it happen? Do I really believe that God can supply a woman who is going to make bread and, let, and, and her and her son are going to eat it and she will die right after that? Do I believe that God has the ability to send a prophet and to make the flour, the oil, the water never run out? I have to ask myself, do I believe? I want you to just dig deep down inside of your soul and if you are starting to wondering question if God is able if God can make it happen if God can do what he has promised you then you must ask yourself you must tell yourself I still believe because I do I'm, I'm so simple when it comes to my faith in God I just have to understand and I have to know that God is for me and not against me that God has never left me and he'll never leave me that God is with me and every promise that he speaks will will never fail. We have to get to that point. And when you hear God and you follow his leadership, you must believe that he can do it. He can do it. 
believe in his ability. I think that's so hard. I know it's hard because we doubt, we wander, we, we question, but you just have to resolve in your spirit, I still believe. And then we must not only listen and follow his leadership and believe in his ability, but finally, we must expect his reward. The Lord told Abraham, I will bless you. I will bless you. Never stop believing what God has promised you. Never stop believing what God has promised you and expect the reward to happen. January 5th, 2020, this year, it was a Sunday morning. I was getting ready to come to church. I was having one of the hardest days of my entire life in the ministry. I didn't even want to come to church. I didn't want to be here. I just wanted to hide. And I remember as I was in the bathroom, just kind of taking my time. I didn't want to get ready. I remember while I was in the bathroom and it felt like the ceiling opened up. And I was, I was mad. I was angry at God. I was scared. I didn't want to face tomorrow. And in that bathroom, as I, I literally felt the ceiling just open up and just the glory of God just filled that place and was shining down upon me. And I clearly heard God that day. He said, son, I will bless you. And I just began to argue with God <clears throat> in this beautiful scene. And I said, God, I can't see it. I can't see. I can't see it. God said to me, when have you ever seen my ability? When have you ever seen my ability before it actually revealed itself? When have you ever seen me working behind the scenes until I actually show up and do it? I am doing things behind the scenes that you never could even imagine. When have you ever seen it, son? I mean, we, we know when the miracle happens because we see it then, but we didn't see all of the details that God was doing to make those things happen. And I just said, God, I'm sorry, but I just can't see how you're going to get me out of this mess. I can't see why you brought me to this place. God, I, I believed in what you said. I've done what you've asked me to do. And God, you, you got me to this place. And now it feels like my whole world is going to fall down, God. And yet you show up today and say you're going to bless me, God. I just can't see it, God. And as I was just hurt, and as I was angry, 
They got silent for a moment. And God said this to me. He said, son, listen to me. Son, listen to me. And I just lifted my head up and I didn't even open my eyes because I just, I just wanted to hide. As I lifted up my eyes towards the ceiling and I just didn't even want to look. But God said, listen to me, son. And finally I said, what, God? What? Bless my boy. Did you hear what I said? Bless my boy. And I just began to cry. And God said, Pete, I spoke that. Bless my boy. I spoke that. And what I speak will happen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 2020 has been such a great year for our family. It has been such a fantastic year. And it started the very next day on January 6th when I was going to do things that were embarrassing for us, that were hard for me. I was making decisions to change the path that I was on. And then all of a sudden, God showed up. And you know what? He's right. I didn't see it coming. God showed up at our dining room table and changed the story in a moment's notice. You have to believe and expect that God is going to reward you when you listen to him and when you follow his leadership and when you trust in his ability, you must expect that your father, your good, loving father who is unseen will reward you. You must believe that God is for you and not against you. You must believe that God is going to do what he has promised and whatever he has promised you is going to happen. And the reason why God spoke to me that day on January 5th, bless my boy, was so that I could hear God say it to me and I could believe once again that God has the ability to raise the dead. God has the ability to heal the sick. God has the ability to prosper. God has the ability to make things happen. Even though we don't see it, even before it even exists, God has the ability to do what he has promised. So this morning, all I want you to know is God is for you. God is willing to speak to you. All you got to do is listen. And if you would just obey and trust him and follow his leadership, listen to his voice, follow his leadership. And if you would, you would just believe in his ability and expect that God is going to reward you, he will never fail you. He'll never fail you. And I'm telling you, there may be people watching today that feel that the situation that they are in is impossible to change. I want to tell you something. God is going to show up in your story and he is going to change it in a moment's notice because God is still God and he hears the prayers of his people. He sees us and he is moved with compassion. He is moved by our hearts that trust him and believe in him and he is going to fulfill everything he has ever promised. 
It's not dependent upon your job. It's not dependent upon who's in the White House. It's not dependent upon what, what our nation has, is going through. It's not dependent on any of those things because God is the one who still controls everything. So please, trust God. Obey Him. Be purposeful and listen. And once you have listened, once you've heard Him, you follow Him, you trust Him, believe in His ability and expect that God is going to reward you. Revelations 22 says this, Jesus says, look, I am coming soon and my reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what He has done. My reward is with me and I'm coming to give it to the people that have put their trust in me. Don't stop believing. Let's be people of faith. I know the winters are long and I know we go through things that just make it seem like life isn't exciting. But let's be people who still believe. Let's be people of faith. Let's live by faith, not by sight. And I believe God is going to do miracles for you.